0: Today, chapter 41 and chapter 50 and just a few verses And certainly I thank God for our clergy today and I bless God for uh, all of them and certainly sister pastors associate pastors and and, and I was um, I think it was right after we landed late Wednesday night and uh, my daughter she called me in some kind of way they just know right when the plane touched ground <laughs> and the phone rang and it's my youngest daughter and and uh, she said she always asked the phone you know hey daddy and I said well, how you doing what's going on and she said Bible study was good tonight don't y'all know that blessed me when you when you when your kids get into it you know and, and so I said well tell me what's so good about it just start explaining, you know and she began to start you know because if you say it was good you know that like, why she began to lay it all out. And I'm so grateful for that. Because I know the Bible study Wednesday night was about the ear gate and the eye gate. And there's so much going on right now. And y'all got to understand, we're under attack by way of the television many times. And and, and, and they've got this show on now, and, and, and I happened to step in a conversation. They were talking about a name of uh, Judas. Is it Judas. Lucifer. And they got that. Judas is one that's, that, that's coming. But Lucifer is the one that's out right now. And I heard some folk talking in a the conversation. They said, you know, I look at that show, you know, Lucifer's not so bad at all. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad I was there. And I said, hold up. I said, you got to understand. That is designed to disarm you. That show is designed to desensitize you. And cause you to actually think that the devil is good. And you see the way he's taken over the airways and different things. And, and, and so I'm glad that they, they talked about that. We might even have another session on it coming soon. Uh, because the enemy's trying to disarm for even saints. He's trying to disarm you to, to, to make you think that dabbling into things that's not of God is okay. Come on, somebody. You've got to understand it's not okay. It's a lie from the pits of hell. Bless God. Let's get into the sermon today. Genesis chapter 41. We're going to verse 51 through 52. And then we're going to pick up one verse from Genesis fifty verse 20 but first let us pray father in the name of jesus we thank you and we bless your name in this place let your word have preeminence in this place lord let your holy spirit permeate throughout this place in the name of jesus and we thank you for it right now we bless your name because we thank you for those that you've summoned here today lord to hear the word that you have and we thank you lord there's something in this word that is for all of us And we bless your name for it today because you know all about us. In fact, you have classified information on all of us. So we come to you humbly and humble as we know how. And Lord, we give it all to you right now. Your will be done in this place. The enemy cannot stop this, your word, from getting to these, your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Genesis chapter 41, verses 51 through 52 says this. It says, and Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and my father's house. Verse 52 he says, And the name of this second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction now Genesis 50 and 20 just wait for some of you to get there there's one verse Genesis 50 and 20 it says but as for you ye thought evil against me But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Let the church say amen. A message today that God put in my spirit several weeks ago, I want to share with you. It says this, the title is simply this, helping who hurt you. Help him who hurt you. Look at your neighbor and tell him this. Say, can you help the one that hurt you? You may be seated if you can. Whoo! I feel a move already in here. Because looking at the background of the story of Joseph, many of you already know it. Joseph was very loved by his father. He was very loved by his father, Jacob. His father had given him a coat of many colors. And his brothers begin to despise him. In other words, his family began to despise him. One day they saw him coming while they were over in Dothan. His brother saw him coming and they still had that hatred, envy, and strike within them toward their brother Joseph. First they began discussing murdering him. His own family. Talked about murdering him. But his elder brother Reuben spoke up and said, "Uh, well, let's not do that. But they did decide to throw him into a pit. If you will, they threw their brother into a sister. Not only did they do that, they lied on him to their father. As you will see later on, They, they lied on him. They threw him into a pit. And then they sold him into slavery, their own brother. 20 pieces of silver. They sold him into slavery. At that particular time they, when they sold him, this became the worst nightmare of Joseph's life. In other words, his will was lost to someone else. Took his childhood away from him. Sold him. Not only that, when they sold him into the, the family of some Ishmaelites, after, it, after that, later on, they sold him to an Egyptian named Potiphar. And when he began to try to even work his way up while still... In that situation. In fact when they sold him first into slavery. The Bible doesn't even go into all the toil. And the turmoil that he had to go through. Through those first years. And through that first period. Before he was sold. To an Egyptian named Potiphar. Put him in the house. When they put him in the house. Then later on Potiphar's wife. Lied on him. Set him up. This coat and when her husband came in Potiphar told the husband that he tried to come in mess with me he tried to come in get next to me he tried to come in not only that he laughed at me Potiphar got upset sold him took him out took him to prison put him in prison For years he was in prison. While he was in prison, he ran into a baker and a cupbearer. While he was in this prison, he began to help the inmates. help the inmates and help them get out. And certainly one of them helped him get out. Interpret the dream. Got out of prison. And he said, one thing when you get out, remember me. And they still forgot him. Have you ever been forgotten by somebody? Somebody that was supposed to help you out. You waited on the phone call, waited on the text, waited on the email, but they forgot you. All this was being done at the hands from the hand of his family. It set this chain reaction on. And here he is going through life. Now he finds himself in prison. And so later on, as he began to go through prison, a situation had to come up that caused the chief cupbearer to think about it. Because Pharaoh, the king, had a dream. And he said, I know somebody that interprets dreams. That's what the cupbearer told him. He said, Go get him. Went to prison. Got him out. Joseph interpreted the dream. And so he began to work his way up. Got out of jail. Began to work his way up. And as now he's coming through life. After being falsely accused. After being set up. After being forgot about. Here he is walking Through life. Have anybody in here ever been betrayed by a family member? Anybody ever in here ever been set up? Anybody ever in here ever been lied on? Anybody in here ever been talked about? I begin to think about people that's pulling time right now. That's in there and they're innocent. Because somebody lied on. Because somebody set them up. See this is what Joseph had to go through. Not only that, he went through slavery before he went to prison. Then between those times, he had to serve as a butler and a bell boy, being owned by somebody else. Because someone in his own family set him up. Had to stay in a nasty, stinking, Jail cell. It had to stay there longer than he should have. Because somebody forgot about him. Have you ever helped somebody that the only thing they thought about was themselves? When they got free, they totally forgot you. You loaned them the money. Uh-oh, see. And 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 and, and, and now that when they got free, now they forgot about you. Sometimes it hurts. It can pierce you. Hello, somebody. And so now, as we see Joseph comes to life, he finally rises to power. See, let me let me tell you the test of real character. The test of real character is when you finally rise to power. And now that you're in control, The test of character is being able to resist getting even. The test of real character is when now you got control. And to be able to resist getting back at you. Being able to resist flaunting where I am now. In your face, being able to resist, you know, when when, I, when 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 I needed help from you, and you had just bought your new car, I mean, but but you wouldn't let me ride with you because you said I got kids, and the kids might get dirt in my car. Uh, but now that now that you need help from me. To resist doing you like you did me. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here been there before? To resist acting like I don't see you. To resist the temptation not to speak to you. To resist the temptation to not even say happy birthday, happy anniversary. To resist resist that. See, we're talking about real character now. When you want it to go off. When you really wanted to tell them how you felt to resist that. Just look at your neighbor and just say, before you say out, just say, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) See, let me tell you something. Joseph had every right. Oh, come on, just y'all know what I'm talking about. Like some of y'all in there, you got every right to be angry. Every right to go off. Every right to go after every joker that messed with you before you got up here. Every right to tell you like it is. He had every right. Look at your neighbor and say, you got every right. Oh, it's in here. Tell him, I know you got every right. In fact, some, so they, so they, they don't cross your mind. Now, some of y'all see them. Every time you see their car, your whole facial expression changes. Not only that, not only when you see their car, when you see one of their kids. In your mind, you're saying, I can't stand your mama. We well, we're going to be real in here. Amen, somebody. See, oh, come on now. See, let, let, let me go to my first point right here. And see, because there's three things we can learn from Joseph. The first one is simply this. Don't live by the pain of your past. Good God Almighty! Can I preach it like I want to? See, see, this—that's why Paul said. Paul said, "I got—I got to forget those things that are behind me." Paul said, "See that, that? See we? You see two extremes of both ends because Paul said it because he had treated people so bad, but Joseph had to do it because people treated him so bad. Paul said, I have killed people, but I have killed Christians. I have broken up prayer meetings. I have whipped folks. I have beat people. I was the one that stood and helped the coat of Stephen while they were stoning him. And I looked at a man and approved of it. He said, you got to forget those things. He said, because now that I love God, it's pain to me now. Every time I see a Christian, it hurts because of what I did. Now we have Joseph on the other side of that situation. Oh, my God. Because the thing about it is you've got to get where you can live free from anger, free from resentment, free from wanting to get even and be able to move forward. Let, let me tell you something now. See, you got to understand this. I, 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 can I teach and preach at the same time? That's all right? It, because, listen, because forgiveness, you've got to understand, forgiveness is not about how the person responds to you. It's not about how the person responds to you. It's about how you respond. Sometimes you 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 can go you you can go through that and 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 forgiveness can come. You can tell them you're sorry and everything, and they still look at you with an attitude. You said, "I still don't care," yeah. but you still got to release it and let it go. Oh, come on, somebody! I'm preaching real hard right now. Because you you got to let it go. It's about releasing it out of you. In fact, one of the Greek words for exhale, you know, when you exhale, it means to get it out of you. Yeah. <sighs> get it out. Doctors and scientists and and health specialists have come together and said they have found that many diseases and and things and illnesses are made worse because of stress and anger and resentment that people have bottled up inside. Because it causes chemicals to release inside of you that cause your ailment to be worse and it causes the healing not to go so well. And on the other hand, end and on the ugly spectrum, happiness, when you're happy and joyful on the inside, it causes something to be released into the body that causes healing. It speeds up the healing. Oh my God. So Joseph refused to live by the pain of the past. He refused to to, to get angry. and in, in, in fact, Ecclesiastes 7 and 9, if you write write it down. It says, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Say, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. See, anger can rest in the bosom of somebody you think you know. Somebody that clapped for you. Somebody that praised you, somebody that smiled with you, somebody that sat at the table with you, but secretly they resent you. And anger just rests on the inside of them. They still smile. What's up, man? What's up? What's up, dog? But on the inside, they can't stand you. Ever since you got that new house and them three acres of land, they can't stand you. Oh, come on, somebody. And they hold it back, and on the inside, it's all bottled up. See, you would be shocked to know how much steam builds up in a tea kettle before it whistles. And some of us live like that. Amen. We all bottled up, and we're just about to explode. Many times when I when I counsel folk, Amen, that they, they, they begin to release and what was in them that's what, that was all bottled up and they begin to release it out. Amen. And woo, and they'd give you a barrage of things. God, when they did this and when they did that, it made me mad. I didn't say nothing. But when and I wanted to go off. And you just sitting there and you steer and you listen to the tea cat and go, I remember when I used to watch my mother, when she would cook, when she would use a pressure pot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In the old school, y'all know what I'm talking about? You remember the pressure pot? And that pressure pot was made of steel. It was probably about a quarter inch thick. And and she would put the top on it, and she would have to twist the top because there was so much pressure on the inside. And she had to turn it down and let it get right down before you could break the seal off her. Oh, somebody know what I'm talking about? And see, even even those those Boston bombers, y'all know what they used? Pressure pots. Because they knew it's just like we are. If, if we ever and see if you if you don't get that stuff out of you, and if you ever explode, everybody gonna know. See, you're gonna do one or the two. One or two. You're gonna either implode or explode. Many people that commit suicide is because they imploded. nobody saw it nobody knew what, what what was all on the inside that they were about to implode because of all that that's on the inside. you have to be careful amen that you don't blow that's why you got to get it out of you and and sometimes we would be surprised amen to see not on the, not just the folks out there but the folks in church that, that oh. Is about to explode. Touch your neighbor. And don't touch him too hard because I don't want them to explode on you. Say, are you about to explode? Oh. Pass over God. When we, when we look at the text about the prodigal son. We find out at the end that the prodigal son had been mad for years. He said, all of these years I've been with you and you never killed a calf for me. Not even a goat, you never killed. He had been mad in the church, lost in the house. Mad in the house, hot in the house, steam coming out of his ears in the house, sitting in the pew. for years all bottled up on the inside good God Almighty Woo! and see this will take you out if you're not careful hello somebody in here and see the thing about it is you know the Bible says when you hold anger in like this the Bible calls us a fool He said, it's a fool that allows anger to rest in them. You'd be surprised at the people that's still angry at somebody that's dead. Aunt Mabel's dead now, but I can't stand her ever since she, she gave everybody a candy apple but me. And you, every time you think about it, you start steaming. She, she didn't buried her 10 years ago. You still. Anger resting in your bosom. Touch your neighbor and say, are you mad with somebody that's dead? Good God Almighty. Just anchor built up on the inside. Unresolved issue. That's why I tell people, you know, stop trying to hold the, now people are, I'm going to take this to my grave. Trying to hold stuff in and all this kind of stuff. See, it, many times, if you ever want to get rest, if you ever want to get a relief, if you ever, you got to get it out and settle it. Oh my God. Just anger, just mad. About to go off. Oh my God. Oh my God. And see, it, it, write this one down. Ephesians 4 verse 26 through 27. I just want to teach just a little bit, and we 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 getting ready. To, we getting ready to close. It says this: Be ye angry and sin not. Then it says, "Let not the sun go down upon your wrath." Don't don't let them die, and y'all still mad. They buried him. You still mad. Get it out. Settle that thing. Because if you don't, the enemy will try to use it to haunt you the rest of your life.